Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. Uh, as always, before we jump into this, I want to thank you that you're here. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your support of this podcast and my ridiculous jokes. Uh, if you have other people in your life that you know would enjoy learning more about the spectrum, about being left of normal, and maybe hearing a silly joke here and there, please share it with their with your network click like comment subscribe give me a thumbs up on spotify apple podcasts wherever you happen to be tuning in on and then copy a link and put that right into your twitter now called x or facebook page that way we can all get a little bit better and maybe learn a little something along the way so last week had a few things going on and or maybe my brain just didn't want to focus quite as much as it usually does never really does but you know we what do we do um maybe i was just sad that the snow came back and i actually had to wear shoes for a little while there anyway i didn't have a new episode that came out so i linked to one of my old episodes from last summer talked about how i view money had a little story about the emotions that go with money money mismanagement all sorts of things like that i then checked my stats religiously every day and i saw that literally nobody tuned into that one i ended up crying for one full hour and wonder if maybe social media algorithms have changed again and not very many people saw it I don't know if anyone has some keen insights on that or if you just straight up didn't see the link or it it had a picture of a ladybug. So maybe I threw you off with the ladybug picture. I was trying to work the algorithms by not putting the link right in the text box there. I put it as a comment. I don't know. Uh, If you know what's going on, let me know. Uh, Maybe I can just share these links several times throughout the day instead of just once at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time or Mountain Daylight Time, depending on the time of year. Anyway, based on the finance ideas and a meme that I threw onto Facebook yesterday, I figured I would talk a little bit more about planning, organization, kind of systemizationism, and how the left of normal compartmentalizes things to help keep us on track and keep things in order. Start this off, I want to say that I think I'm pretty well organized. And even if my office desk tends to be a bit messy, most things are organized at least in a way that makes sense to me so I can keep track of them easily and efficiently. Other things I know that my system will transpose, transfer to someone else. Uh, So let's say I die and somebody needs to figure out I don't know, X, Y, Z, whatever, money stuff. I'll get into that here pretty quick. Uh, That's the next little section of this. So some of these things are very well organized. Some of them make sense just to me. Uh, I've divided this episode into four areas uh, where I can relay how I get things done, uh, where the left of normal mind can get stuck in some of these areas, Maybe a tip or two for those who have kids and find themselves struggling with planning and organization and systemizing things. We got finances first, then day-to-day operations, which kind of sounds like a businessy term, but really I'm breaking this out so it's actually uh, personal day-to-day stuff and then work stuff because 
right after day-to-day operations, I'll get into some of the work stuff. And finally, end up on travel and trips. Uh, Travel planning is quite fun, actually, and there's a lot of world out there that I'd really like to see. I just need a few more dollars to go do that. Which brings us to the next point, finances. Uh, It's my understanding that most people are not good with money. Uh, Whether they're left of normal or not, they tend to not get this concept very well. And I fully believe that it's because money is more of an abstract thing. Certainly, we do have dollar bills and coins and whatnot, but anymore, most of it's digital. Even before the digital revolution of money took place, most money was in stocks, bonds, and bank accounts. We didn't just have like large piles of cash laying around. I hope not anyway, because that's very uh, poor money management on your part. So if you do have large piles of cash lying around, let me know. I will come take care of those for you. Anyway, I have found that myself, I'm actually great with money. And that's due to some experiences and the way my brain operates to help me put things into logical order. The experiences largely revolve around the struggle of landing jobs and or keeping jobs. Most jobs are not designed to be left of normal friendly. Most of them actually aren't designed to be neurodivergent friendly, no matter what your spicy brain may be dealing with. Job interviews are certainly not autism friendly. Uh, I've been through countless of those that I totally bombed. Well, many of my peers throughout uh, high school and beyond, uh, they had after-school jobs making uh, what I only assume is a buttload of money. Meanwhile, I was not able to land the job, so I was just in my backyard lighting things on fire and falling off my friend's roof. The few jobs I did have, they didn't last long. There was always a lot of headbutting with the uh, supervisors or bosses. And the structure of them was more or less obnoxious. Anyway, I certainly never had a well-paying job in high school. Or really, ever. Post-college was more of the same. I, I Through college, I kind of worked. I dabbled here and there, but mostly I just focused on studying. I worked for MSU Catering up in Bozeman, which actually was a pretty decent job. But I'm pretty sure I made more in food than I did in dollars, which was great because I didn't have to buy food. Anyway, the old idea that if you get a college degree, then doors will why will open for you and the red carpets will be laid out and you'll have an easy time of landing the job of your dreams. And really, that's not true anymore. And despite having a degree, even though it's in anthropology and sociology that half the people I've mentioned that to say, was that the study of ants? I couldn't find a well-paying job, let, uh, let alone a great paying job post-college. Uh, there's some coffee shops in there, Walmart, a uh, handful of other things. And anyway, uh, there, I go through a lot of those in previous episodes. Scroll on back. You'll probably find them pretty easily. Uh, as a business owner, I even now see peers that are also business owners, and they're like, I just told a couple people what I did, and then suddenly I had more business than I can handle, which I only assume means I'm rolling in so much money I can't figure out which way is up. 
Others say things like, you know, I started my job in the first year in my job, I made more than I did at my day job, so why would I ever go back? I don't know how true these are. I think they're just kind of blowing smoke up somewhere. But I also think it might have more to do with the fact that they're working like 70 or 80 hours a week rather than the 40 they were at the other job. Anyway, uh, that said, bringing in money, for myself to bring in money, was always a bit of a struggle because it's hard to get a well-paying job when you bomb just about every interview you ever go through. And then if you're not great at sales, because people get will get mad at me, they get mad at you when you sell things to them, and I don't like it when people push back anyway. There's not a ton of money coming in, so it's important to really monitor finances that you do have so you have a really good understanding of them. You understand how they work, what the best courses of action are, and certainly the fact that you can cheap out on a lot of things like food when you shop sales or just eat a bunch of potatoes. Uh, For the last 12 years, I have kept an Excel spreadsheet on my computer that tracks all of my accounts and their balances, with the exception of a checking account because that fluctuates so much. That's just more of a tool, a means to an end. On the 15th of each month, I input new values And so now I can see at a glance how my accounts, uh, including assets like my house, are doing and how the liabilities are hopefully going down. If you have a liability spreadsheet and it continues to go up, you might need to step back and see what's going on there. The liabilities include things like mortgages and any other loans that I happen to have out. Right now there's a couple of uh, solar panel loans uh, because I put solar panels on an old house that I haven't paid off yet, and the new house. So I can see very quickly how things are changing. It gives me, a, it does all the math for me. It gives me a percentage um, percent change month over month. So I can see ideally those assets values are going up. The liability values are going down. Overall net worth going up. I then take uh, the net worth value and I plug that into in a graph that I based on this spreadsheet. And there's a very quick visual change of my finances over time. Since I work on a computer, I can pop into my online banking. I do that about once a week, and I see what's going on if something strange has happened or if a big expense has come come out. I do the same thing with my my credit card balance, uh, just for things that are weird to make sure there's no fraudulent activity. Or, you know, my... uh, auto insurance is paid every six months and so all of a sudden that's a big expense that I never remember when that one comes out and I'm like crap well now I'll just cut back in some other areas to make sure I'm not spending too much. I do have a checklist of my bills uh, anything that's not automatically paid and I go through that at the beginning of the month to make sure I don't miss anything. Most bills are automatically paid but there are a handful like Uh, mortgage and credit card that are larger expenses and I pay those manually just in case something happened in my bank account and I my balance is just lower than usual I try to keep it up enough that that's not ever going to happen but it does on occasion so because I have things plugged into these spreadsheets and I have these checklists and I have these number formulas out there finances aren't 
really money anymore and they've been able to remove a lot of the emotion from them because now they're just numbers. They're just calculations on a spreadsheet. There are some times where, let's say, my bank account does drop lower. Some My comfort zone somewhere like around $1,000, but every now and then, if I know something's going on, it really doesn't matter if it drops down to like $200, 100 bucks. Uh, if it gets higher than that, then I'm like, oh, sweet, I can move some of these into savings or investments. So anyway, uh, if my bank account does drop a little bit lower than usual, I recognize it right away. I know what's going on. I double check, make sure there's nothing that's coming out before a paycheck is deposited, or I just hop onto another account and transfer money around a little bit. So when you take the emotion out of your finances and look at these things just as straight up numbers on a spreadsheet, finances actually become a little bit more easy, a little easier. Anyway, enough with finances. I can do a whole other episode. I could do a bunch of episodes on these things if you wanted to. If you want to know, do a big deep dive into finances and how to manage them and how to grow these accounts and which accounts to look at and all that, uh, let me know. Send me a comment, text message, write your uh, question or suggestion on a piece of papyrus and mail it to me. Ideally, if I carry a carrier pigeon, but those are hard to come by these days. I do have a file in the Facebook group. You can steal my Excel spreadsheet and start tracking your own stuff. That spreadsheet's set up to do all the math for you, so you don't even have to, like, calculate things. All right, moving on. Day-to-day systems and organization and planning doesn't really need a ton of explaining because I've gone through these things a handful of times. I've talked about how my to-do lists and my have to-do lists and my plans have plans and often I'll plan to plan and I'm planning to make plans that are going to make plans for something else. I put events in my phone, that way I'm alerted 30 minutes before anything happens. Uh, anything I need to get done during the business day is on my hour-by-hour to-do list. For the rest of the day and household stuff, it's making sure that things just don't get out of control messed up. Uh, There's a lot of just unwritten systems and plans and organization type things that just go on in our house that we've just do because we've been married for over 15 years and had a child for over however old he is. And we just kind of flow. We just have unspoken rules on how these things get done. Uh, Jackie Lorang made a comment, uh, talked about uh, organized case, organized chaos in the Facebook group. Uh, it's kind of she called it the junk drawer theory, where everything looks clean and tidy on the outside, and then all that stuff you just don't know what to do with. It, it's kind of related, like the junk drawer. It's you know you got your scissors, your tape, that weird charging cord that you don't know what it actually goes to handful of uh, notepads, whatever else is in there. It just kind of slides into that junk drawer and you close it up. It's out of sight, out of mind. Some of that does happen in our house. We do have that junk drawer and it infuriates me to get anything out of there except for tape or scissors because some of that stuff, I don't even know what it is. There's like a foam pad in there that I kind of remember. It might've been from like violin lessons that Holden doesn't do anymore, but I don't know, it just stays in there and I don't look at it and don't think about it. Uh, 
on the outside, things look neat and tidy. For a lot of organization in throughout the house, though, it's just kind of, I know where it is. It's just not systematized or planned out really well. Uh, sev- some of that is several years ago, my dad moved into a retirement home and we moved into his house, which is where we live now. As a retiree, uh, he didn't have a ton of hobbies. He had a handful of them throughout the house or, you know, his garden and his workshop, but his mostly his old knees couldn't handle most of the bigger outdoorsy type stuff that he used to do. And if you listen to my podcast a few weeks ago, I'm getting there a lot quicker than I had hoped. Anyway, he didn't have as much stuff, as much gear to store. Plus, it was only him in the house, and now we're here with two adults and a child. And that meant things like bicycles and skis and backpacking equipment, climbing equipment. These all had to find a place to live and be stored. And then there was even more stuff, just in terms of what you need to live. Dishes and clothes and utensils, chairs, etc., etc., and so on and so forth. Now, the house is big enough, but it's all, like, finished and remodeled, and so there's not a lot of storage space. It's really hard to pile up stuff in a fully finished bedroom that's designed as a guest bedroom. Whereas like at our old house, it was largely unfinished basement, so it was easier just to push tubs into the corner. And it meant that I needed to go through and plan how to organize this. And it meant building a bunch of shelves in the garage and moving tools and toolboxes from the garage to the shed, or maybe just selling it all off and helping out with that finance section I mentioned earlier. It also means that our storage room is pretty full, and the utility room, the little space that's in there, is also being used for storage. All in all, it's not 100% organized and pretty looking, but there is some order to that organization. And of course, with the left of normal brain, there are times when it just kind of gets stuck. Part of that executive dysfunctioning type stuff that uh, previous episode, just the last one that I posted... Uh, there's, there's like a box or some stuff that it doesn't have a home. And so it just kind of sits there and it's just over in the corner and I don't really know what to do with it. And sometimes it sits there for months on end because there's really no good place to put it. And so I'll get ambitious and finally I'm like, I'm going to organize this stuff and figure out what to do with this. And so I start looking adding some more shelving or buying some totes or whatever and I start seeing all those prices add up and how much it costs to just organize the junk in the house and then I think I'm gonna ignore this and pretend it hasn't been sitting in the middle of my office for the last eight months and then it sits there another eight months and finally I just throw it away because I haven't touched it in a year and a half if ever if anyone else struggles with this I advise marrying someone that also has a good sense of organization, because while sometimes I get things set up and filed away and organized and planned out really nicely, sometimes my wife does it as well. And when our powers combine, we form Captain Planet, or at least have a somewhat cleaner house until the boy spills sugary treats all over the couch. Let's move on to work-related organization and systemizationisms and planning stuff there. I've explained the to-do lists and the alerts in my phone, and that helps keep me on task for what needs to get done. Recalling information can end up being a bit of a pain. A lot of people struggle with just finding the right information. 
in my work, I have a number of clients that I've worked on or currently working on or have worked on in the past. And to keep things flowing nicely, I have very clearly labeled files and folders on the computer. So all I have to do is click on the storage folder and that has everything I need other than programs that the computer runs on. From there, I can quickly get into exactly what I need. I plan this out where I know just where to go. It's like three clicks, boom, I'm done. Depending on in almost anywhere that I need to go on the computer. And then even the client folder has a desktop shortcut. So I don't even, I can avoid two clicks there. So some of the things that I'm actively working on stay right there, uh, right on the front page of that storage. I open the storage folder, boom, it's right there, such as the pic folder with pictures of a tool that I had recently listed for sale. There's a folder for healthcare stuff until those bills are paid off, another folder for taxes until those are done this year, et cetera, et cetera. And then once the tool gets sold, which actually it sold yesterday, so I just need to go in and I will delete that entire folder. There's no point in hanging onto a bunch of pictures of a tool that I no longer own. Taxes will be moved into a documents folder somewhere else. There's another subfolder for that, et cetera. And, you know, they just kind of get moved out of there. From there, I also go into my clients folder. That's where everything for all clients, past and present, are in there. The main folder is for active clients. So I open that up and then boom, there's one that says like 406 window company. I open that up and all their information is in there. Contracts, uh, any emails that I needed to save and all the work that I've done for them. Uh, within the clients folder, not that client, but if I go back to the clients folder, there's a subfolder called inactive clients. Anything I've done in the past, but I'm not really working with them anymore swipe it right into that inactive folder. Back on my storage, I have a folder for personal blog, one for my business website, one labeled left of normal. Inside that left of normal are subfolders with each folder being a previous episode. So the script for this episode is in the episode 138 folder. And when I'm done recording, I'll save it as an MP3 and I'll move it right into that folder. Easy to access, easy to find, completely backed up to the cloud for me. So inevitably when my computer does crash, I can actually retrieve some of these things. So outside of that folder, there's a there's some paper files anymore. Most of this stuff's all gone digitalized, uh, but I do have a filing cabinet right next to my desk, just in case I need to store something that's made out of paper. There's a few things in there, largely does not get opened anymore. Without an outside perspective, I have no idea if what I just said makes any sense or if it even covers anything that you wanted to learn from this section. So again, leave me a comment or send me a note. Uh, carrier pigeons are hard to come by, but you could probably capture like the neighbor's dog and tie a note to its collar and send it my way. That might get here faster. Finally, the fourth section, uh, kind of uh, what spurred this whole thing on was a uh, planning uh, about planning and organization and systems is uh, the meme that I posted yesterday. And it talks about when I'm starting to plan. It says, I don't always make travel plans for myself. But when I do, I hyper fixate on planning, which is very true. Uh, other than I tend to hyperfixate on planning even when I'm not actually planning my own vacation. Uh, 
planning vacations, planning travel, it's super fun. It brings me great joy to map these things out, literally and you know, figuratively, find the best deals, make arrangements overall, get the entire experience lined up. I even have a notebook that I can take with me that has all the details of the trip, including like, you know, phone numbers for hotels and the distance between cities if we're driving, stuff like that. Uh, I can post a link in the comments of this uh, Facebook post or in Twitter or in uh, LinkedIn. I wrote a blog about planning road trips. Uh, shows kind of my entire process. If you're interested in learning more on that, uh, I literally map out the trip. So click on that, see what that's all about, if that's of interest to you. But what really happens is a lot of left of normals, a lot of those on the spectrum, we like maps. Uh, a common autism trait that people like myself literally read atlases. Uh, we just stare at them for hours and read all the little towns and see how far of a distance and find the funniest names in for towns in like Tennessee, even though we're nowhere near Tennessee. Google Maps and Google Earth, also great because now I can just go to a random country and I scroll in on somewhere like northern India. I'm like, I wonder what this place looks like. And I click on Street View and I can actually look at all these crazy places that I probably will never go to. But they, I can get a feel for how life looks, at least, over there. Sometimes I'll even go over to Google Flights, randomly look at prices to various places. It's super nice because they have an Explore tab. So I just... Uh, departing from Billings, and then I can just scroll around and see how much it would cost to get to Jamaica this weekend. Uh, and then I like to see that it's far beyond anything I can afford. And then I go change my departure city to like Denver or Minneapolis and see what it would be to fly out of those. Then I bemoan the fact that getting to Montego Bay, Jamaica takes 16 hours and $900 from Billings. But it's only like 219 bucks and four hours from New York City. That cost of living in paradise, I guess. So when I realized I'll do that just for fun, like I plan out these vacations and look at destinations and search things like off the beaten path in Dominican Republic just to see what's out there in case I ever go there someday, I realized that maybe I should see what I can do to turn this into an income producer. Because as you remember from, I don't know, 15 minutes ago or something, uh, those income producers are not like huge for me. And so if I'm already doing this anyway, I might as well get paid for it. But as I would love to be a travel and a trip planner, that pretty much means I would have to start a new business and actually starting the business and getting it all planned out and lining it up is the easy part. The hard part is the marketing and the drumming up clients and figuring out all that outreach stuff and then spending even more time on social media, posting things just to capture a little bit of attention as you wade through all the noise over there. And then, of course, I'm never going to be able to compete with the good-looking ladies that I'm sure they spend like 900 hours just taking one picture of the waterfall so it looks awesome. But it's really annoying that I'll post something very similar, but like I'm not pleasant to look at. So I get like four likes and they'll also get, you know, the exact same thing gets like thousands of them. Maybe it's a good thing because I don't have to deal with naughty pictures in my DMs. So yeah, there's a trade-off there. 
Anyway, I reached out to a handful of jobs link listed on like LinkedIn and Indeed that were advertising things like Travel Planner, which in my mind, somebody that plans out travel. But when I responded, it was all jobs for independent contractors working as travel agents. These are two different things. Travel planner, a travel agent does travel planning. A travel planner is not a travel agent, specifically. So in other words, I would just work under this other, this parent company, but I would have to find all my own clients in order to plan travel for them. Precisely what I don't want to do. I want to just do the work, not all that sales BS. Organizing and planning travel, however, is fun. I think it's great. It's exciting. It's cool to find the hotel deals and the places where the tourists don't go and line these things up and map out an entire vacation so it's all super detailed and amazing and easy to follow. So if you're looking to take a trip and you want some help figuring it out, you know how to get a hold of me. For now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, join the Facebook community. You can ask any questions you have over there. Click on anonymous post, anonymous question, if you don't want your name to show to everybody. And remember that planning and organization does not come easy to a lot of people does come easy to a lot of other people. So tap into those where your skills are lacking and lean on them when they have the skills that you don't have. And of course, share this podcast with your friends, whether they're left, normies, or right. <laughs>